You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Fargo After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Fargo After Show. Welcome back, Fargo Fan Club. I'm Oriana Leo, your host, and we are recapping the uh, sixth episode, is that right? Or this is the fifth episode, The Six Ungraspables. The plot thickens on this episode. And joining me tonight, to my left, is... David Schifolini. And to his left... Hi, guys. I'm Jillian Leff. And to her left... And I'm Sarah Huggins. And what did you guys think of tonight's episode? I'm actually really excited that the pace has finally sort of picked up and... We're getting somewhere in the storyline. I totally agree. But it's good. It was good. I would say it's probably my favorite episode thus far. To date. Uh, Marissa, is there any way we can turn my headphones up? cannot hear myself. Mine either. We may be having an issue. So starting out, we open on the cornfields, right? Mm -hmm. uh, And the first thing we were asking was, what happened to the snow? What were you guys thinking? David was the first person. Like, I didn't even notice that the first time I watched it because I watched it twice. And I didn't notice it the first time at all. Well, it seemed it was like very blaringly obvious to me that the season had changed because whenever we normally have opened in the past, it's always a field of snow. Mm -hmm. And this time we had like wheat blowing in the wind. So either time had jumped forward or time had jumped back. One of the things I'm starting to realize, especially thank you to the fans for t- participating, especially on yeah. YouTube, for yeah. tweeting us. Um, you guys have provided an amazing amount of information and insight into every episode, especially last episode. Uh, thank you, Marissa. Um, thank and you. so one of the things that I noticed, you know, people were talking about uh, Lauren Malvo potentially being the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren you know, the letters, if you unscramble them, could be loner. If you put it all together, missing a T could be malevolent. There's there's a lot there pointing toward his devilish nature. But with the with the ten plagues, I it kind of starts making me think that if the season has changed, maybe something has seriously shifted. That was my thought. Ah. Like a serious shift is going has taken place here. Whatever it is. But it kind of scrambled me a little bit because it, it was opens, a flashback. It was a flashback, yeah. right? In Yuli's Sporting Goods. Mm-hmm. We see um, Lester shopping for irregular socks. And he can't seem to make the choice of how much he should pay if he is allowed to decide for himself. Well, because the guy who tells him, what do you think is fair? He says, best, best offer. offer on the sign. What do you think is fair to pay for the irregular socks? Right. But that's kind of a test of of your confidence, right? It is. What do you think is fair? You have to take a stand. And Lester's not really known for taking a stand, at least not at that time, right? No. He goes Ever. low. He starts low. He starts low. Real low. Yeah, and then a gun sweetens the deal. It sweetens the deal for $55. He gets a 12-gauge and a pair of socks with one <laughs> lady pair. Of- Three Such pairs. a bargain. Such a bargain. Super. Um, but I thought it was really interesting <laughs> showing him hemming and hawing and not knowing Right? Like, well, I don't want to go too low. I don't want to, you know, but he's so easily manipulated. 
Yeah. But of course you didn't. It's just, I think it was honestly put in place, number one, because we need to know, we needed to know, or at least in retrospect now, it was nice to know where the gun came from. Um, But also it was just driving home the fact that he is just such, he cowers and he is so insecure in himself. There's just a lot of things going on with him. And I think they just needed to sort of drive the point home this episode and i love that they explained the story you know where did the shot the shotgun come from how did lauren get it but ultimately the hand the thing we've been talking about this whole time which i loved again with the fan theories i was really excited um after last week's episode went up on youtube uh some of our amazing fans uh had this great theory that the hand is in fact not infected and it's all in lester's imagination I loved that. I thought about it all week because really, you know, they did point out a lot of valid facts. When he punches the cop, he punches the cop with the hand. Nobody has ever talked about the hand in the previous episodes. Mm -hmm. This is the first time that we're actually hearing about it um, from another character sort of uh, pointing it out. Um, but I loved that. I'm a little upset that that's not I mean, what actually me, went down. To me, it was almost like they knew that that's what you were going to start thinking. So then they completely turned it around this episode. So they that- also did a really amazing job cinematography-wise and, mm-hmm. and special effects-wise yeah. showing us and exactly what happened, happened. and the, the pellet going through the body and the gun, com- the bullet coming out and then going through the body and then into his hand and then festering. It was like... And I love this this, this choice of storytelling because, like you said, I mean, they could have talked about it at any moment uh, up, up until this point, right? right. Mm-hmm. No other character has ever noticed or acknowledged that there's a bandage on his hand. Now I everybody mean, Now everybody notices, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like when you have a zit on your face, which I don't have one right now, of course Never. not. You know, like when you have a zit on your face and you just feel like everyone can see it. Everyone's staring at it. They probably haven't noticed. Yeah. But that's how you feel. I felt that way for him this whole time. Why isn't anyone noticing the hand? About his hand? Yeah. I feel like he did actually, up until this week's episode, do a really good job at covering it up. Sure. That's true. With like a sweater or his jacket Mm -hmm. and making sure that nobody noticed. I mean, it was up until this point he did get insanely sick because of the infection, which is why people noticed. He was able to hide it better because he wasn't in as much pain Mm -hmm. in the earlier episodes. But the last, you know, two have been pretty disgusting with him trying to squeeze out whatever foreign object was in there. And this is all a very short period of time, you know, as Mm -hmm. we find out from the doctor that talks to Molly um, about Lester's stay in the hospital. Oh, this is Lester's third time here this week. So we are still in the same week of all of this stuff going down. I understand that the episodes are over an hour, but time has not... uh, Time time is moving slowly. (laughs) Crawling in Duluth. We we see our Lester, the loser, in the jail cell with Mr. Wrench and Numbers. Um, and they're, they're torturing him with said hand. Not that hard to do. With a sweaty, dirty sweat sock in the mouth. Socks were... What... Okay, what did you guys think of the sock significance? Like, there was about 30 sock references in this episode. Really? Yeah. You I didn't don't think notice I noticed. that? No. The Where, beginning you, with the socks. Sock. So, oh, my The beginning gosh. with the socks. The sock in the, in the south. Mouth. And then at the end, there was something with the sock and the neighbors. The neighbor was talking about a sock. Do you remember that? I don't. I kept writing. There has to be some kind of significance. The road less traveled. The sock holes. The sock. He was talking about the holes in in his socks. So we have three sock references in this episode. Fans, why don't you find out for us? (laughs) I said 30. I want to know. 
Hashtag Fargo Fan Club. Tweet yeah. us or on YouTube. So he gets tortured and he gives up the yeah. info to uh, Mr. Rent, which I don't know what took him so long. I mean, I'm, I'm, ha- I felt relieved when he did it. I he's mean, scared for his life. He's not a very confrontational man to begin with, and he did something really confrontational once that sort of had had all these dire consequences. And I feel like what, he. What, when he killed his wife? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, just I mean, aside that. from that, I mean, he got an infection in his hand, which now causes his blood to be septic, and like, he's now in jail, and like, he's running for his life, and there's this other man who's been killing people, I guess, across the state and you know he's or he could have just of, gone to the cops in the very beginning he could have but like, he didn't this it, guy killed yeah but they framed his character from the beginning as this man that will literally wait until he is about to die <laughs> to give up the thing that he needs to give up and then sort of that was the falling action of his hand right yeah this this whole thing that was just rising 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 and finally we get some relief and so does lester I'm glad he didn't lose a hand. I am too. I wish he did. I do too. That would be <laughs> only because you know what? It serves him right. Maybe he'll learn his lesson, and this time, next time he <laughs> won't like wait so long to deal with an issue. Absolutely. You know I mean? Like you won't. Maybe next time won't kill your wife with a hammer. Maybe you'll talk to her. Yeah. About right. Maybe say, first. "Hey, lady, don't treat me like that." Yeah. Let's go. Right. That's what he should have said for the next wife. The next Sorry. one. Yeah, exactly. or just After divorce jail. her. God bless her soul. Yes, yeah. God bless her soul. Right. So then we see Molly doing laundry. It's like our only moment. I think we've seen her in civilian clothes. She's mm. folding laundry. Um, we, we've seen her in the cafe a couple of times. But was she, but she I think wearing, she's always yeah. been in her uniform. She's always been in her uniform. Yeah. She was wearing kind of like a flannel. Mm-hmm. And all she says is, there's no way around it. And then we cut right back into her in her uniform mm-hmm. at the police department. And she finally... She kind of sticks it to the chief this She's time. connected all the dots. She's connected all the dots. And, she, you know, Perfectly. even though he's obsessed yeah. with Stormwatch 2006 and making sure all the plows are out, and which I'm sure is a very important job. <laughs> um, Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. But we see later in the episode, she has a, her motivation. She feels a real sense of duty to Ida, whose husband was killed in cold blood, and no one seems to be doing anything about it. And to me, that was the first time I was like, oh, this is why Molly's so annoying. But I did appreciate how she handled things with... with, uh, Chief Oswald? Yeah, Chief Oswald. Because if I were in her shoes, I probably would have been like, you're a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Understand this. And she sort of kept her cool. She decided that, okay, the only way that I'm going to get this across is I'm just going to do my normal routine where I literally spit everything out in one long sentence because that's pretty much how she's been doing everything this entire time. And I'm going to make him listen. Right. And I thought it was amazing. on anyone's toes. But, and it was done in a nice way. It was. And I loved that there was the other actress in the room (laughs) with the cell, with the cell phone, with the phone, with the cord. Chief? Yeah. Was the baby plow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need an answer on the baby, that a plow. On the baby plow. But I liked yes. that because it, it made it real. Yeah. And also there was like a witness in the room. I think he maybe behaved a little bit better mm. because there was someone else, another woman in the room. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. before he's been kind of disrespectful to her. You know, what are you doing? And get out of my office. And I told you not to do that. This time his tone was like, I told you not to do that. But what was the trigger that made him change? Because at first he said, that's not your case. It was the lady at, remember when he's like, oh yeah, the lady at the motel. Oh no, wasn't it the Lucky Penny? Mm-hmm. What, the coins from the Lucky yeah. Penny? Yeah, it was Lucky Penny, but too. remember when they were talking about, oh, the lady with the Sharpie, the sharp, no, the, yes, the eyebrows that have the, been drawn on with the Sharpie. Yes. He, he had this idea or assumption that he already knew. Yes, mm-hmm. and she was and like, no, like, it was the woman with hard hair. She was a severe woman so, with hard hair. Exactly. Like and I felt specific. like his disposition changed a little bit. Like, I don't know that 
person. Yeah. Like maybe he doesn't know all the answers. Maybe everything doesn't work exactly the way he thinks that it does. Right. And then the cascading. I love this for her, but now that she's not the only one that knows, her and Gus aren't the only ones that are into it, like, it's just going to be so much trouble for mm-hmm. her. Well, I mean, clearly the key, what, I'll wait to say this until later. Yeah. Mm. Prediction. Okay, okay. we appreciate of, it. Yes. So we, then we move on to the Grimley house, and we see uh, that Gus is trying to get help from his daughter to use the computer he and get on the interweb. It's very cute. It's really cute. Um, and he's cute. searching for pictures of Pastor Peterson. And this is something that you wonderful fans brought up as well. You know, why did the cops do more research? I mean, could they couldn't have just made a few phone calls. But as we saw... You know, this wonderful story checks out. Pastor, there is one picture that's available and it's mm-hmm. of our A lovely photoshopped picture. It's mm-hmm. a lovely photoshopped yeah. picture. Um and Gus starts putting the pieces together and I love yeah. that too where his sense of self isn't very developed. He's like, I'm not a detective. As if that he doesn't means have faith in himself. He doesn't. He sees himself more as like a you know, pulling over people for speeding. Animal control. He does animal control yeah. when the animal control guy's out sick. Yeah. Like, you, you know, know, like the friendly neighborhood cop, less like the guy who's going to go digging to find the truth. That's how he sees himself. Mm. But he's much more than that. He is. And he's putting all the pieces together. Um, and then we have another scene with Lauren and the liquor bus, which really has all the uh, stolen merch or whatever. Anything, anything you want. you would ever desire. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets a police scanner and a walkie-talkie. Two. He doesn't have any friends Two. to share it with. Yeah. But, uh, oh, Sarah, you were mentioning uh, you were going to have a kind of like a poopometer. meter I know, but I didn't do that this time. Oh, dang. Okay, I told so you. We talked about uh, how many bathroom scenes there have been in previous episodes. There wasn't technically bathroom scenes in this Right. One. There right. was a lot of talk. There was a lot of poop talk. I know. And we didn't count it? I didn't because I said I was going to count bathroom scenes. Oh. And there was I feel like one. there was okay. only one. Yeah, I think just no, the guy there was a the... couple. No, there was a couple. There was definitely a couple. He said a reference then. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when he was at that truck, right? And then like oh, yeah. someone was like, "Ah, oh, poop." Later, yeah. <laughs> it was I'm the saying, trainer. Yeah, the trainer. The trainer. Yeah, I there might her. have just been two. The odd G's was only one, and there was one G's wow, separately. Really so they've scaled it back since shift. I started counting. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's that's a true. shift in the Things story. Are so but, then we see our trainer, who is his name is Don Chump. It's actually Chump C H U M P H Chump. Uh, played by the fabulous Glenn Howerton of It's Always Sunny in uh, Philadelphia. So last week we had this discussion where I was thinking that the plumber and the trainer were the same guy, but he was wearing a hat. You guys weren't sure. We were corrected by the fans. (laughs) Yes, same guy. Um, And David, you fabulously noticed in the scene, he has a pile of books. Mm -hmm. And it pans over from the books. books. And what do the books say? They're all Turkish bath books. So it's Turkish bath interiors. Amazing set decorator. He's just really excited about all of the marble that's Mm going to be in his Turkish bath. Six inches thick. (laughs) Which seems a little... Sexual? (laughs) Over the top. (laughs) I didn't even go sexual with it. But like a a six-inch thick marble is like... Yeah, it's a bit much. It's a little yeah. overkill. Yeah. He clearly doesn't know anything, anything about what he's doing. He doesn't even know the signals um, that that Lorne is sending him regarding, please get a screwdriver, longer screws. Like He's having a conversation with his, the man who's going to lock him in his closet. I love when he's like, get inside. Yeah, okay. All right. And he's like, oh, did you mean to lock me in here? <laughs> so well-meaning. But, um, you know, when you have the devil in your house, you should be careful. Yeah. Mm. Um, so... 
from there, Lauren, uh, before you locks him away, Lauren makes the phone call, right, mm-hmm. to stop to sweaty Stavros. Yeah. What David was plug. super into sweaty Stavros. I wasn't into I'm him. I was more disgusted <laughs> by him. Yeah. Um, what did he plug into the phone? He plugged something into the phone to then call. Stavros. Oh, I think he was recording it because he clicked the record. So uh, remember how he? Yeah, you know how okay. he like gets off on these conversations? Yes. Like right. he listened to He'll Lester's. Listen to it later. Mm-hmm. It's like some sociopathic. It's weird. like his trophy. Yeah. It's. It's just, you know. He likes terrorizing people and recording it, taking it home, listening to it. I felt like that conversation, though, went really smoothly. It did. Well, he does say, you know, he says, Stavros says, I'm going to pay. I made a mistake. Yeah. And he's talking about, and God brought the ten plagues. Thank Mm -hmm. you, fans. And the last is the firstborn son. So he's really, he's really afraid for his son, Dimitri, uh, his safety. Yeah. And so you can tell, I mean, he's got the fear of, he literally has the fear of God in him. He believes this is all happening. Um and of course, Lauren says very strategically, "We are only as good as the promises we make." Can mm-hmm. me the longer screws, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, here's Don who wants to lay in the money. He wants to make it rain. Yeah. His priorities right. are <laughs> make it rain. all over the place. He just wants to have fun in the money. I he mean, does. if you were getting a yeah. million dollars in cash or the possibility of a million dollars in cash coming your way. I would probably want to do the same thing. You could fill your Lay Turkish it on my bath. Bed. He wanted to know what it looked Just like. Just like roll around come, in What it. would it fit in? Everyone yes. wants that mad money moment. Maybe. Movie with Kitty but Holmes. you don't tell somebody. Yeah. You don't tell them that. No. no. You do when you think you're. it's an accomplice. Okay. I'll Just give like you that all much. all the fans yeah. out anyway, there. Anyway, he's trapped in the closet. <laughs> not the R. Kelly version. He's trapped in the closet more ways than one. Yeah. So then we have a quick flashback to Lester, who is essentially dying because he's become delirious. septic. Yeah. He's delirious. Um, and he's in the jail scene, in the jail cell, and he's having this flashback to the crime scene mm-hmm. and to that diner moment. That was very American Horror Story, the way that... It flashed? Oh, yes. I was kind of hoping something amazing was going to happen. Or like he would see something in the flash. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're seeing what kind of his nightmares are made of, if you will. Like he's Mm -hmm. going into a very scary place right now where he's on death's door. um, And this is what is at the brink of his consciousness. He is very vulnerable. (laughs) As we see. I mean, and so then Molly and uh, the chief come in to question him, but realize that he has to be rushed to the (laughs) hospital. So they bring him. Because he's dying. Yeah, because he's dying. Okay, so I have a question. So, you know, Molly gets in the ambulance, Mm -hmm. and she cannot help herself. She thinks it's the perfect time to start asking real questions. But my question is, like, due process? I mean, she has to know that that anything he says is inadmissible. Do you think she was doing it just for herself? Of course she's doing it just for herself. I mean, later on... I'm yeah. sorry to jump ahead, but we see her basically break into Lester's house mm-hmm. to to search the house. She doesn't have a warrant. She doesn't have anything, yeah. and she like anything that she found would but have been. But she has to know. I mean, anyone that watches CSI would know yeah. that by doing so, you'd be compromising the investigation. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think she cares. She, she just wants to know. She's yeah. on the truth. another level obsessed, and yeah. whether it be you know, venging the person that killed. Your you know, best friend. Her, yeah, the best friend for the daughter, you know, what, what, whatever. She is so in this. It's like, I think that there's going to be a shift in her. I don't think we've, we've seen it yet, but I hope that there's an intense shift in her because for the most part, she's been 
pretty calm about everything. Well, you know, Lauren, there's a lot of this mm. talk about the animal kingdom versus, you know, the rest of the world and how Lauren's worldview, he believes, is the correct worldview mm. and every, everyone else is just a sucker. And I'm afraid, and that might be a prediction, that Molly's going to go down that path because she's already breaking her own rules. She's breaking the rules of the law that she is supposed to abide by mm. um, just to just to scratch an itch that she has personally, you know? And, like, that seems like it would go against her character, at least initially. But she, like you said, she's in too deep at this point. Yeah. I'm I'm prepared for the shift to happen. <laughs> I, I don't think that her character can come full circle for me if there's not sort of an evil something or other that happens. I feel like she's not all good. Yeah, no one is, are they? No. So then we see uh, <laughs> Mr. Wrench and Mr. Knuckles, uh, numbers, sorry, Mr. Numbers and Mr. Wrench in a car getting the uh, the photograph of Lauren that's taken by the security camera mm-hmm. while he's dragging out the accountant by a man with a badge. Was that an officer from Duluth? Like, I, I'm confused. I don't think it was in Duluth. Or a building security camera, It could have, I don't know. Duluth, it had to know. have been... Bemidji. Bemidji. It had to well, you know what? There. Who knows where it was? All we know is that this person was wearing a badge. They were wearing the brown. Wasn't it a brown uniform? Mm-hmm. That was my recollection. So I would think Bemidji, there's somebody on the payroll yeah, of this I, I wonder what, where we last saw the file. Was it with the oh. encounter with the, um, the innkeeper or the hotel, you know, the, the front desk woman at the hotel, mm-hmm. or was it, did the chief bring it to Bemidji? I mean, did, no, did the chief bring it to Duluth? Right. We, I, I, I can't remember exactly. I Maybe fans, remember. if you know where we saw the file last, please let I us know. I think Molly brought it to Duluth to show Gus. Mm-hmm. Did she she did. And did she leave it? That's a question. That I don't know. I don't, we didn't see that. Mm. But then the two PDs interviewed Pastor Peterson and they had it. That was all in Duluth. Mm-hmm. There might be copies of it. That's true. Yeah. I don't and know they if they can have get copy it machines. Over. Yeah. <laughs> but they can get it sent to like a different location, yeah. I think. So then we have this amazing uh, exchange with the two men, the two lonely men and neighbors. their milk, the neighbors. Um, mm. What did you guys think <laughs> when you see Gus and you see neighbor sitting down with their milk, looking at one another? What, are, what was your initial... Well, Jillian wanted nudity. Oh, I thought it was going to be like some weird sexual thing. Or he was going to be I, like, I, I see the way that you look I at my did, wife. I didn't go that route at all. I like saw two lonely dudes just wanting to spend time with each other. I kind of thought the same. I sort of thinking there was some kind of weird um, spying. You know, like, why are you looking at me? Are you looking at my family? Are you looking at my wife? No, it was actually very funny. And then I was like, we're getting a parable out of this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just love how he was like, I'm coming over. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he picked oh, right. this guy. We still don't know his name, right? right? Well, I mean, what the hell? He hasn't introduced himself to us. What? Yeah. Um, but he Say literally it. opens the door, yeah. r- just reaches out and goes, two kids and a wife. Opens the window. Who thinks I'm loud. Yeah. That's why I'm here, you know? And Gus is like, oh, it's accidental for me. But I mean, this guy, <laughs> he's intense. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you guys think about the story that he told? Because he told um, the story of the man who gave everything. Yes. And basically in the story... He first decides to, you know, give his kidney, right? His money. His money, and mm-hmm. then his kidney, and then he thinks that he can do way more. So he wants to give everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. So he kills himself. But only a fool would do that because one person problems. can't solve the world's problems. Right. So 
Gus poses him the ethical question of what he should do, what he thinks he should do with the information that he has, basically. And then he tells him the parable. Um, which I sort of don't know if it was, vi- it applied to Gus. I mean, he basically told him to keep his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not you, your place. You doing this is not going to solve everything else that's happening in the world, right? And I think what he sees, because I mean, I'm taking a total leap here and saying that this guy is perhaps a rabbi or at least a a thought leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has the mitzvah tank. We don't really know spiritual advisor. He's a spiritual advisor of some kind. He really comes off that way, mm-hmm. or he could just be somebody that's really into his religion. You know, yes. we don't want to speculate anything. I will speculate. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it's a leap. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't. I mean, know. I wouldn't say that he's a rabbi. But let's. Let, I'm not. He's gonna definitely speculate not a rabbi. He's definitely okay, it's not a rabbi, um, but a rabbi in the yeah. sense of um, an elder statesman that you would yeah. look up to, an advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees that this man is troubled, and I feel like that's the main the, that's the main message mm-hmm. is that you could you know do everything mm-hmm. in your power to fix the problems, and the problems will always be there. So you really do need to take care of yourself. Um, so, I mean, what do you think Gus gets out of it? I'm not sure because he then immediately. Right after the scene we have with him, he's he's talking to Molly and talking about, I don't know, it's too dark to find anything right now. He goes for a walk and he's like, maybe she tells him, like, well, I'll come in the morning and we'll compare notes. So, I mean, clearly he doesn't take the advice that he gets. Right. Because it's not the advice that he wanted. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we then jump to uh, Lorne. Driving sweaty Stavros. <laughs> I wrote the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lauren plus Stavros equals sweaty. <laughs> well, I was the only one, I think, that was confused. I didn't like that we didn't see when he picked him up, how that whole thing transpired. Like, all of a sudden, they were That's just unimportant. in the car together. Well, you know, to they, me, may, show us, they uh, may show us later. But yeah. we did see that his sort of half-wit son, as he was introduced to us, actually had some useful information mm-hmm. for his dad. He's connecting some dots. Which right. was that the crickets were not uh, Native. The area-born crickets. They were bought from pet stores all around. No, they were from God. Yes. <laughs> According to yes. Stavros. Yes. From yes. Stavros, they were from God, but I think if he would have let his son talk, he would have found out, oh, the guy that bought it was very tan, had some facial hair. Like, there, people over there are very into descriptions. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but the trainer description, uh-huh. I would be able to pick him out in a second. Yeah, me yes. too. Well, yeah, I mean, in that town, he'd yeah. be the only <laughs> yeah. one with a spray tan regardless. <laughs> right? In the middle yeah. of winter. Absolutely. So, yeah, his, I mean, Stavros doesn't pay any attention to his son um, and gets a move on. But I wasn't really clear. I thought that Lauren was taking Stavros somewhere to be safe because he was so afraid for his son. And for his safety, and he wanted to pay this guy off. So I was a little bit confused that he just transported him, what, home? I think so, to get the money and then home. But Lorne had every intention of picking him up the next day. He said, Mm -hmm. what time should I get you? And he was like, no, 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 take your money. I'm done with you. So we really have no idea what, I mean, what I think that Stavros is going to do is I think he's going to go either pay the ransom or rebury the briefcase where he found it because he put it in the same exact yes. briefcase that he found it in. The attache. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's very Re- interesting. You know, put it back where the gods intended it to mm-hmm. be. Maybe he thinks that re um, 
returning it to where it came from will solve his problems. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, one of the things that, you know, Lauren has goes on this diatribe about the Romans. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the Romans, wasn't it, that, that skewered and burned St. Lawrence on his wall. And he talks about the Romans being raised by wolves, how they're the greatest empire in the world, mm-hmm. and how why would anyone, you know, that was raised by wolves, I mean, you know, they see someone turning water into wine, they're going to eat them. Mm-hmm. They're going to destroy them. That's that's because that's where they came from. What do you think? He does say this very interesting line in that whole little diatribe that there are no saints in the animal kingdom. Only yeah. breakfast and dinner. Yeah, and it's just amazing because he's he enjoys making his victims squirm. You can yes. see that Stavros is extremely uncomfortable and now totally freaked out. Yeah. Doesn't want anything to do with them, which we know is what he does right before he goes in for the proverbial kill, whatever that mm-hmm. is. Right. So I feel like he were being set up for that. Um, what happens? Oh, um, Lester. We, we go back to Lester at the hospital with Molly. Well, also, in between that, we see that baby Bernadette is born. Yes. And Molly, we see her with that moment in front of Lester's front door. I really thought she was going to kick it in. <laughs> I was hoping she would. I just... Kick it in. But My no, favorite didn't. part about that whole thing was the fact that she didn't seem at all disturbed about the mess that she was walking through no. which is pretty gross at but this point why the washer why i was so confused what she, she goes know? Okay. He was fixing the yeah washer. i know but why does she think let me just check i mean i am going out on a limb here of maybe yeah. she's trying to get into his head she's going maybe. through the story he's fixing the washer see if it was really broken yeah okay. maybe maybe she is i mean i don't know enough about washers and dryers to well but know this what is the thing doing. he she reached into it Right away. Right. Like, she opened up the back of it, and she looked for a second, but she reached her hand down into it and obviously came up empty, so we don't know where the murder weapon went. Right. Um, who knows what happened with that, but just so instinctively to just do that, I mean, I'm sorry, if I open up the back of a washer, I'm not going to think to dig down deep and see if I can feel something first. She no, knows something. Yeah, Well, are. now I am. Thanks, Molly Salt. Yeah, where is she? I mean, I'm just like, what does she know? I don't want, she like, ha- she clearly has an intuition about these things that other people don't. Being no. able to put together the case the way that she has so quickly. So clearly she has some sort of insight into what's going on or or what how she thinks Lester's mind is working otherwise she wouldn't think to look into the washer, right? So he says that he's fixing the washer and she's already realized that he's lying about other things. So she's right. like, "All right, yeah. so maybe there's something with the washer. I'm going to go and look." I mean, that makes sense. I mean, with Solverson yeah. being her last name, mm-hmm. right? I guess. I wanted to just jump real quick back to the story of uh, that Lauren Malva was telling. He talks about that really disgusting story about the Rottweiler. Yes. And at first I thought this is so foul, like why is he sharing this? But the more I've thought about it, I'm just thinking, who is the Rottweiler and who is the girl? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because he was explaining how the animal kingdom and uh, the Rottweiler wanted what it wanted. Mm -hmm. And the girl realized the mistake she made. Mm -hmm. Too late. Too late. And that he had to kind of put the dog down. I'm wondering, do you guys see any parallels? Like, was he trying, what message was he trying to send our sweaty Stavros? I haven't that quite basically, put it I feel like he's basically telling him, you've made your bed, now lie in mm-hmm. it. I would you, agree yeah. with that. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You knew what you were doing. You know, he, Stavros was all about, I mean, he was down on his hands and knees 
on a stomach <laughs> begging to God, you know, I will give you my life if you send me some sort of message. And when he found the money, I mean, really, he's just turned into this sort of like rotten business owner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he mistreating his wife, mistreating his son. He has all of these riches, but he is never given back in that sense. Right. So I love how the wife is almost like non-existent like in the like i mean she's barely like the trainer really is definitely more. To the story yeah it's interesting that to me um so we see that lorne follows gus yes right and mm-hmm. while gus is calling molly to set up a date yes essentially adorable. i mean they're talking about the case but we yeah. know they want to have the milkshakes right um so cute and lorne is scanning is on the scanner and he's checking out the second story windows. Mm-hmm. And then we see the neighbor come in. And then we see the neighbor come in and he tells the neighbor tells him that he's part of the neighborhood watch and that he doesn't belong there. And Lauren tells him some frightening things about <laughs> not putting alarms on the second story. I didn't know any windows. of this information. I didn't either. He said people th- think they're saving money by or they forget to alarm the second story windows or connect it to the phone the line. phone line so mm-hmm. that the alarm goes off but the cops don't come or the cops come too late because they wait until the neighbor is called up and i i really liked how our neighbor here talks about the community mm-hmm. and how passionate he is i mean he has a certain way about him that's mm-hmm. maybe a little kind of down and out but he speaks from the heart of like you know if somebody gets sick or dies you bring them a casserole like their family casserole like we take care of one another here and you don't belong here you have black eyes like for once someone can see this guy for what right. he is and that's what I thought why I have this kind of feeling that he has some sort of holy disposition because mm-hmm. he just seems to be able to see right through everything to the core well, of Lauren who's giving him a load of bull yeah I mean he does say he does call Lauren Sarim which we looked up means demon in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, goat demon. Goat demon. Or angel of death. So, I mean, this this guy, he's the sleeper character everyone we've been waiting for. Him. <laughs> he might be. So well, that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, yeah. we see that um, Molly visits Ida, who just had the baby. Yeah. And she really, that's kind of what I was speaking about earlier, is that, I saw there her connection, you know, like, yeah. oh, yeah. yes, again, bring it all the way around. And she tells him, I don't need to know the details. I just want to know that you're taking care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Molly is. And yeah. it, that kind of reminds reminded me of like, oh, this is why she's so intent and insistent right. and is willing to even break the rules because clearly following the rules hasn't been working. No. You know, um, and so it's she nice. She had a really creepy final scene, Molly. She I does. Completely yeah. creeped out by that. But it was, I, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily describe it as creepy as more <laughs> of intense, um. Creeping. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't think of the word right now, but I guess it's just intensity. It was intense. We had to hear Lester's heartbeat. Yes. I mean, she <laughs> clearly wants to move forward with things and figure out what's going on. And she knows that Lester is the center point of it all and that yeah. he's been lying out his ass the entire time. But she, she's kind of at a standstill now. Cause not no, necessarily. She knows who he is mm-hmm. and yeah. she needs to pick when the right time to make the move is. Yeah. And we're going to get to see that move very she soon. She is yes, the are. panther in the animal kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> so no time for news and gossip tonight. Uh, but we are going to talk about predictions. We got to see this um, this kind of montage of everything that's going on. Oh, 
There it is. <laughs> we got to see the montage of what's going on for the rest of the season is kind of what it looked yeah. like. Right. Right. Crazy. I mean, a lot of stuff flashed before. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Well, one moment yeah. that stuck out to me, um, we see a quick moment where uh, Lester's nurse is sort of telling him, you know, you really can't go anywhere until the police officer says you can leave. Yes. But before that, we see that Lester has a roommate and his roommate has bandages covered all over his face. So then we see that Lester is covering himself up with bandages. So that leads me to believe that that's how he makes his exit. Again, a coward dresses up and that's how he gets out. I love that. What he thinks that is going to accomplish (laughs) but make him look more suspicious. I mean, listen, he's all about the immediate fix right now. Like, look at what he did with his hand. He's wrapping up his hand because he he just needs to... Go. He needs to move past everything, and he's on to the next thing. And you he's know, short term vision. Yeah, short term yeah. yeah. fixes. Exactly. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see that exchange happen since the preview kind of gave us a little taste. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? I can't think of anything that I was excited would to see happen. Molly and Gus teaming up as like a duo, yeah. and looks mm-hmm. like they're going to start investigating things together, which I thought was kind of interesting. I think it's definitely going to kind of thicken the soup a little bit. Yeah. Those two teaming up. And then also, I do think there's a potential for Molly to kind of go to the dark side, or at least to at least to get to know herself and her own motivations and perhaps do things that she can't excuse, you know, Mm. because Mm -hmm. she is quite motivated and seems to just be getting more and more and more so and willing to cross all kinds of lines. Yeah. That'll be fun to see. Yeah. Okay, well, that wraps up our show. Thank you, everyone, for spending another evening with us and catching up on Fargo. And again, let's find out where you can find everyone, because we love to chat with you. We love to chat Fargo, and we love to get your questions and theories. So, Jillian, where can the people find you? Um, so they can find me uh, on Twitter, at Jillian Leff, on my Instagram, Jillian Leff. Um, and I am hosting a special Spotlight On with uh, Bad Teacher star Grace Kaufman. She plays Bronwyn on the CBS sitcom, and that'll be on Thursday at 6 p.m. Awesome. And Sarah? I am at Sarah on the go, Sarah with an H on Twitter, and SarahBear627 on Instagram. And David? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at YouCanCallMeSkiff. And again, I'm Oriana Leo. You can find me on Twitter at Miss Oriana Leo. I'm on Facebook. I'm on the interweb, orianaleo.com. Please visit us, hashtag Fargo Fan Club, and check us out next week. Thank you so much. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 